you know that we're back since you heard the coconut loop. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, try and Travis here as always. Brought to you today, of course, by Wilson. We always got our Sandcast Wilson ball here right, for a reason, because it's our favorite ball. Speaking of our favorite ball, we had an idea. Let's do a giveaway of our favorite ball. <laughs> Doing a giveaway of our favorite ball. We're gonna give away a Wilson, and uh, if you're in, if you'd like, you know, you can choose. But we were thinking the Sandcast team would sign the ball, and then you have an official Sandcast. Volleyball. Yeah. It's a two-year anniversary coming up. Mm-hmm. We're celebrating a little bit early because I will be out of town in China for our actual two-year anniversary. So we're celebrating by signing a ball and sending it over to someone who, a lucky winner, yep. uh, on Sandcast. Yep. And our idea was that, you know, I was actually thinking on the car ride today. I was like, I wonder, I really am interested to hear fans' perspective on what's truly the most entertaining thing about being a beach volleyball fan like what makes you come back for more like for me and in, in a lot of sports like I want to watch those high pressure pack moments like when everything's on the line you know that's what like juices me up but for other people it might be like when a player just makes a super athletic play or like bounces the crap out of all or when they're jawing each other or it could be something off the court like yeah. I don't know interacting with a player or I mean, listening to the Sandcast, that's probably most people's answers here. You get brownie (laughs) points if that is your favorite. Um, But I I thought that was interesting, and it would be cool for players to hear that perspective from fans, uh, because then we can be more entertaining, hopefully, for you guys. Yeah. So the winner, in order to win the giveaway, you have to go to our Instagram account, which is at Sandcast underscore podcast, and comment on the video that goes with this post so it'll be up on wednesday the day that this episode comes out and let us know what your favorite part about being a beach volleyball fan is as try mentioned it can be on the court it can be off the court big block a bounce a long rally um it could be interacting with the fans you know troy failed to drink a beer you know, in between server receives that was great it was could be yeah huh. uh, loomis put up a picture of that the other day i was cracking up where what tournament was or what uh, was that? i think i want to say it was manhattan huh um but yeah, so it could so be whatever cramping. you want. It could be uh, the McKibben videos. It could be the Sandcast. It could be Casey Patterson's Instagram. Whatever yeah. it may be, let us know what your favorite part about being a beach volleyball fan is and why, and then the winner will get a signed Sandcast ball. You also need to tag two friends. Yeah, tag two friends. We, I mean, that's a big part of the show. We need you guys to keep helping us to promote the show and get it out there to the rest of the volleyball community. So tag two friends for us. That will be mandatory uh, for the winning post. Um, and while you're at it, you know, make sure you tell your friends to subscribe because that's that's big for us and uh, being able to continue to do this show and and bring value for our sponsors as well. Yeah. And if you're listening, then you are probably a subscriber. So we did want to take the time to thank you, the listeners, for hanging with us for two years or two episodes or however. Maybe this is your first one. We appreciate you guys listening to us without the listeners. We don't have a show. Yep. And, like, I've had an absolute We don't even play this game. Yeah. We don't even play this <laughs> game if it's not for the fans. Yeah. So you guys are, you're the real MVP, as Kevin Durant would like, would say. Yeah. <laughs> Your opinion really does matter because that's what we're, that's our job, really, is to entertain you guys. So yeah. this is a very direct question, and it's actually very valuable to us. Yeah. And so kind of the the purpose of the episode is to, you know, kind of do not necessarily a recap, but looking at, 
you know, how far this show has gone in the last two years and then kind of recapping this year, both, you know, individually for Try and I mm-hmm. on and off the court. Because, you know, when the show started, you were still sick. You couldn't play. Mm-hmm. Um, now you are, at the moment, ranked number one in the U.S. Olympic rankings. Am I? You're a new dad. Oh. You know, we've had a lot of changes going on. Like, oh, dude, you know, your yeah. man's coming back. Dude, it's been a whirlwind. I can't believe it's been two years on yeah. this show. And it's, like, successful. We started yeah. it off, like... You know, you got to throw a lot of stuff at the <laughs> yeah. wall and, and see what sticks. But this is certainly stuck, and it's it's been awesome. This is like our bread and butter, you know. There's a lot of stuff we've tried to do over the years, but this yeah. is like, this has been really fun, and we don't plan on um, stopping anytime soon. Yeah, no way. It's, yeah. it's funny talking to a lot of uh, the players who, you know, like I look at like, you say, a, a Troy or a Madison, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to do some of the things that they can do. Right. You know, I can't jump like that. But I have the resources that I have at my disposal from this show, the people that I get to talk to, like, it's unreal. So yeah. I'm going to keep doing it as long as you guys are keeping yeah. listening. It's kind of like a cheat code. Really, yeah. We're learning a lot. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually excited to see what player I can put out on the court once I'm not sick and stop breaking my hands <laughs> and, like, hurting myself. Yeah. Because I feel like I've learned so much like yeah. just being on the show and being around athletes. It's more fun to be in the player's tent with everyone because yeah. now even the girls' side, like, you know, especially when I first came into the sport, I'm very, like, tunnel vision. Like, I want to win. I mm-hmm. don't care. Get out of my way kind of thing. Not, I wasn't, like, rude or anything. But, like, right. you know, you don't really, like, step back and see, like, the big picture. Um, but now I'm, like, enjoying, like, all these relationships and getting to know the new players on tour and um, hearing their stories and whatnot, and it's good. Yeah. It's, it's been nice. It's It's been a ton of fun just to see, like, not only how far, like, you've come. It's, it's like, kind of inspiring to watch because, like, you couldn't sweat. Yeah. Like, you weren't allowed to sweat. I wasn't allowed to, yeah. <laughs> I could, but I wasn't allowed yeah. to. Yeah. And then, like, now you're, like, back top of the world ranks. Dude. Yeah, like, I at one point I went back and listened to my, our first episode, Buddha Try. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was, like, right after we got back from Indonesia, which was probably, like, my... I mean, that's why we called it Buddha Trail. Yeah. I was, like, very in the... You're doing, like, 45 med- too. Like minutes of meditation yep. a day. For, like, three weeks straight. Yeah. I still crave that. Like, it's so hard to, like... That's, like, a serious lifestyle to, like, be able to maintain that. Yeah. But I still meditate every day. Whether it's, like, a minute, I, like, try to get it in. Mm. I try to get it in before practice. For sure, I do it before matches. Um... But, dude, yeah, that evolution of where I was and all the things that have happened since then. Yeah. All started with the Sandcast. All started with the Sandcast. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. When I think about, like, so I had the, for the listeners who don't know, so I, like, today was the first day I've been able to, like, lift or practice in two weeks. I got a concussion in Bonaire. Uh, I got in a self-induced moped accident i told everyone about my hand you have to tell everyone <laughs> yeah. about this so kyle friend and i were like uh taking a little tour around the island on these mopeds and i was like still kind of figuring out like how much you needed to turn it to like actually get it to turn and i was taking a turn a little loopy and a car was coming around the other way and i was like moved a little bit more and it wasn't responding then i moved a little bit more and it wasn't responding and then like i just yanked it and then so i it turned really sharp to the right and i fell over top of it and fell head first. I had a helmet on, so I would have been, like, pretty dinged up if I didn't have a helmet. Um, Dude. And then, so what happened, though, is that I Can't didn't... Can't do this alone, bro. Yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so... You guys would be so, screwed if Travis goes down. <laughs> so Kyle 
Kyle, like, was ahead of me, so, like, the car behind me, like, stopped and, like, made sure I was fine. But we had a match in, like, a couple hours. So we played El Salvador in the quarterfinals, and then the next day we had our semifinal and bronze medal match against Canada. And so what happened was that I didn't really realize, like, I was, like, super cut up and, like, had, like, pretty gnarly road rash. But the concussion symptoms didn't set in until um, a couple days later. So I was watching football on Sunday. And the Sunday we got back, and, like, it sounded like the oven was ready. So, like, went to check it, and, like, there's nothing in the oven. Like, my roommates weren't moving. And I was like, oh, it's just ringing in my head. It's great. And then we had the podcast with uh, Kevin and Jeremy the next day. And uh, I was, like, super woozy and, like, dizzy driving here. And then, like, my ears were ringing super loud during that. And you I was, didn't like, say anything. Yeah. Like, you can see it. When I was rewatching the video, you can see me, like, rubbing my ears out and, like, trying to, like, sh- just get it out of there. Um, so then I, like, called Tori Van Winden who I, I did a story on mm-hmm. about, she said like five nasty concussions. Oh. And I was like, Hey, like, here's what's going on. Um, you've been through this a bunch. Like, and she's like, yeah, you have what's called like a delayed onset concussion. So, so you didn't even go to a doctor. Well, I did. Oh, I did okay. after the tour. I like went to go and confirm it with the doctor and the doctor was like, yeah. So delayed onset concussions, like when like an accident or in sports, the adrenaline is so high that it masks the symptoms. So then I had the adrenaline from the crash and then the adrenaline from three consecutive You're in matches. survival mode. Yeah. You're like, your body's like, it doesn't matter. We need to survive. Yeah. Like so. your old uh, instincts from yeah. back in the day. Yeah. yeah. So it, it just like kind of, the adrenaline masked the symptoms. So I didn't, it didn't set in until like two days later. So right. then I had to, uh, and then the doctor was like, yeah, you can't like, like, there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You know, like you can get a CT scan to make sure your brain's not bleeding, which is like, you had a helmet on, like, you should be fine. So she's like, just rest until, like, you're good and, and the symptoms go away, which is, like, uh, and then she cleared me on, like, Friday. So to jump? Until today. Yeah, to jump and, like, practice and everything. Um, Dude, you need an off-season. Yeah. No, I uh, definitely need an off-season, but we're not going to get one for a while um, because I'm going to, hold on, I'm just fixing the camera. Technology hasn't been the strong suit of Sandcast. Done pretty good though. We've done all over right. Over the years. Considering. Yeah. I'm proud of it. The Mevo died. <laughs> uh, so the video portion. Right. So we won't have video. It's no on this longer one. available. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to China um, mm-hmm. in a couple weeks with Mike Bogue for a three star. And then from China, I go to Israel. For one, start with Timmy Brewster, and then we're still kind of on the fence about going from Israel to Doha um, for another one star, and then like then I would have an off season. So, what are your thoughts in terms of? Because to me, I'm like, you know, after being on the world tour for years, I'm like, you're crazy for flying up for one stars and all that. Yeah. But like, what's like the mindset for you in terms of like where you're at in your career? I mean, you're obviously lucky to to be a talented journalist and be able to make a pretty much full-time living there yeah and then supplement it with being a player which makes your journalism even better yeah so you got a nice little combo but what's the what's the decision in terms of going to these crazy events so for me that's like a great question and it's funny because like not a lot of people ask that um like most people just look at it and like well why wouldn't you do that like that sounds awesome um, <laughs> most of those are not beach volleyball players. Right. Like, I'll go home and like tell people like what I'm doing. They're like, oh my gosh, like if I could be you. And like they don't really know like how like exhausting it's it like can be. You're going to Rome. Oh, like, the Coliseum is going to be great. <laughs> yeah, if I win. Yeah, like I'm just going to be from the like we went when we were in La Paz for the Norseca. Like we were just from because we made the finals. We like had no time to actually like go 
do stuff because mm. we were either we were playing or there we were it was like 100 degrees every day so we were going back to the hotel like chilling hang out and they were playing again mm-hmm. um but so like coming into this year i was like okay well i've played you know all eight avps last year or, or seven avps last year like i made a couple main draws um like this year i kind of want to like if an opportunity comes up and beach volleyball i'm just gonna say yes and so like the first one of that came in february when i was living with eric zahn he calls me and he's like, hey, dude, like we have, uh, we, we can go to Italy and Austria to play snow volleyball. And I was like, yes. Worth it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll go do that. Mm-hmm. So we went to Italy and Austria and it was awesome. And it's funny because like the bonds you make on international trips are so different because you're in like a really foreign place. Like a lot of times you're traveling like 16 hours together. And so I traveled to Martinique uh, in October with Ben Vaught and Katie Spieler and Carissa Cook. And, like, we got super close on that trip just because, like, you're kind of just there together. Like, you have to – you're, like, a package deal, like, everywhere right. you go. Yeah. And so, like, I saw, like, how fast – like, how, like, deep these relationships were getting built. And I loved it. And I also loved, like, seeing new places. And, like, that snow trip was, like, still one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. So then when Kyle was like, hey, there's this in Orseca, we have to skip New York. Um, or UN. I was like, been in New York plenty of times. I grew up in Maryland. Like, don't need to see it again. It's Gold Series, but it's going to be there again next year. Right. I'll go to Mexico and play in Norseca. Mm-hmm. And then, so, like, every time an opportunity came up, uh, it didn't matter how, like, inconvenient it was or whatever. Like, it's super inconvenient to go from China to right. Israel to Doha. But I was like, where, like, why else would I ever do that? Yeah. Like, this sport, like, gets to take you to all these cool places. Do you feel like you're in it for the experiences for the most part or more, like, to climb the, like, do you have a, a rank goal, like, volleyball-wise? Yeah. Or is so, it more like... I would think that you kind of want to hit every... You want to have played in every tournament to a certain extent so that you can write about it and, yeah. and relate to people about it because that's sure. kind of your job in our volleyball world. Yeah, so there, I look at it like there's nothing bad that can happen for me going on these trips. Right. Like, even getting a concussion in Bonaire, it's a funny story. Like, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you are, like, a creative, like, I make a living writing about beach volleyball, talking about beach volleyball mm-hmm. on this podcast, and playing it. And so when, like, even if bad things happen, you have a story to tell. You need to create or <laughs> capture stories, right? So, That's your job. Yeah. So, like, there's no downside to me doing these things because, mm-hmm. you know, I'll talk to Volleyball Mag in 1440 and be like, hey, like, I'm going to go play in China and Carrie's in China. So now we have someone who is on the road with Carrie for, like, the first time who can just, like, like be a daily log. So even if me and Mike get knocked out 21-10, 21-10, which I hope doesn't happen, <laughs> right. like I'm still there and I'm going to be of benefit to someone. So I can still like continue to make my living in China. Right. But I do like when I'm playing, like playing is like the priority. Right. Because that is my priority. Number one is to climb the ranks. And like internationally speaking, um, this is kind of what you have to do. So like I signed up yeah. for a couple two stars and three stars earlier, didn't get in. So I was like, all right, well, i got to play Norsecas to have the points just to get into the qualifiers. There's a lot of people who are too scared or honestly don't have the resources to take these trips, you know, where you're, like, putting your money on the line. For a lot of people, it's, like, everything you have and, like, betting on yourself to, like, win. Like, luckily for me, I I wouldn't have had the money, but I played overseas indoors, Mm -hmm. so I had a little cushion because I made a little money overseas, and I was able to to go on some of these trips and fund it myself. But I think a lot of people are a little too scared to do it. And you have like the perfect incentive to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm in a pretty fortunate situation that not many beach players can probably relate to. Mm-hmm. Cause like when I'm going, like it is honestly like 
it's a revenue stream for me. Even if I go and lose in the qualifier, like I still make money writing stories and freelancing. Mm-hmm. So like, d- is it going to atone for a, you know, an $800 trip from China to Israel? Like, no. Right. But it's still going to put me in a position to write stories that no one else can, uh, which is really valuable. Cause mm-hmm. that's what, you know, I look at it like right now, me and you are pretty much like a market of one. Like we're the only exclusive beach volleyball podcast. And mm-hmm. like I'm trying and like, there are more people like as the sports growing, like, there are more people who are able to write knowledgeably about beach volleyball for sure. Like, which I, is what our sport needs. Yeah. And, yeah. and which is great, but I also need to do things. That's going to continue to separate me from like all those right. other writers. Like, mm-hmm what other writer is going to go play in a three-star in China <laughs> right. and able to, like, write knowledgeably about it while playing yeah. and then do the same thing in Israel and Doha? Like, probably not too many. you got to play to your strengths, right? Yeah. I mean, you and you also have a background. Like, I think probably not many people know that you competed at a pretty high level and you've been around high-level sports for a while. Even, yeah. like, playing basketball and what was it, like, the B squad or something? Yeah. yeah. College or something, club right? team at Maryland, like... We were pretty much like our scout team right. for like the real. But team. that's a D one team, right? Yeah. Like you're playing against yeah. the real. The guys D1 on like team. our club team were like Division one players who just like right. chose to go to Maryland for school. So to be of capable of that team. is like you understand athletics at a high level. Plus, then your golf background. Yeah. And like, I could tell right away that you knew how. To, like that that's the, the little step up that you had on on everyone kind yeah. of coming into it. So yes. you're kind of putting all your strengths together. Yeah. And like creating this, what do they call it, blue market or something yeah. like that? Where you just kind of like, you own it. Yeah, because it's, it's uniquely you, right? Yeah. That's kind of like, that should be everyone's goal with life, yeah. right? Like just do and something that's so unique to you yeah. that you can be the only one that's good at and it. The funny thing is like, it sounds impossible. Like when mm-hmm. you think about that, like, oh, just create your own market. Because like Tim Ferriss used to say that all the time right. on his podcast. And I was like, well... Like, that's impossible. Like, right. everyone does everything now. I can create right. a market of one. And then, like, I wrote a blog about beach volleyball, and Lee Feinswald calls me. He's like, no one's doing this. Like, what are you? I was like, I found it. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I just, like, stumbled yeah. into it. I mean, even me, being a player, and then also taking the time. I took classes and, like, yeah. really took the time to understand and study. Maybe we could call me fortunate for getting sick for two years, you know? Um but I took advantage of that, and it's something that I enjoy, and it's yeah. some, and pairing it up with something that I'm really knowledgeable at, at and have a ton of experience, um, created my own little blue market, and, yeah. I, and I want to just keep like building on that. And I think you know you mentioned you know I'm fortunate. I think that's just the difference in mindset that sets you apart from a lot of other people, because a lot of people could look at that and be like, oh, I was a professional athlete, woe is me, I have this autoimmune disease, like, I'm done, my life is over, yeah. gotta come. but now you look at it and you're like, you know what, I get to be the only beach volleyball player on the planet who's come back from an autoimmune disease and was recovering exactly the way I am and could be an Olympian after. Which I is, got to broadcast the whole season yeah. behind the mic. And then you're developing these other skill sets, like, you didn't just use, it wasn't, you had no dead time, mm-hmm. and you had every excuse in the world to have dead time. Right. Like, you went, and like you said, you broadcasted, you launched a podcast, which is, like, way more successful than I think either of us thought. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, like, we have a bunch of other ideas that, like, we're cooking up. Yeah. And so, like, you're developing all these other skills, like, alongside of being in the 1% of the 1% at what you do for a living. Yeah. <laughs> 
We're going to pause here for a quick break to hear from our sponsors. And as always, before we get to our sponsors, just want to give a shout out to all of you who are listening. We, uh, we've been doing this for a little bit more than two years now, so cannot appreciate you guys more. If you, uh, anytime you share it out with your friends, uh, whenever you subscribe, whenever you download, whenever you listen, whenever you talk about it, or just come up to us at tournaments or whatever, reach out via Instagram, Facebook, email, whatever it may be. Uh, we cannot appreciate it more. So appreciate all you you guys the listeners and of course we do appreciate the sponsors without either the listeners or the sponsors there is no show for try and i to have um so appreciate all of you guys and, and the first sponsor of course goes to wilson who makes the best ball in the game has always made the best ball in the game and now that it's off season it is definitely time to fill up on your new volleyballs the uh the new wilson optics should be on sale to the general public in january uh until then the old balls will be on discount pretty much everywhere you can find them so if you're not picky about the type of wilson ball you're playing definitely load up on some older ones or wait till january be a great little belated christmas present to whoever you need uh to grab a new bag of balls at wilson volleyball by far the best ball in the game and, and i think you can ask pretty much any player we've all played with the molten we've played with the mikasa we've played with the spalding wilson kicks all their butts by far easily now for sponsor number two, the guys who keep Try and I alive, at least our knees, uh, Firefly Recovery. I wear these on the planes pretty much everywhere I go. So you can have some pretty gnarly travel days. Like I had a 27 hour one to a Norseka and put on some Firefly Recoveries. I actually fell asleep with them on and woke up and my knees were feeling so good because it keeps the blood moving even though you are totally stagnant. So it just sends these little pulses of electricity to keep the blood moving and, and you recover way faster. So when you get off the plane, it's not like you're totally stiff. Um, you're, you're way looser and your, your travel time, like the amount of recovery you need after travel reduces dramatically because you have the firefly recovery on. So appreciate all those guys for keeping us healthy, for keeping our, our volleyball bags loaded up with brand new volleyballs. And last but not least, shout out to Pacific Coast Wealth Management. And here's our Pacific Coast Wealth Management Olympic update. Leading the Olympic race on the men's side, no shocker here, is Norway's Anders Moll and Christian Sorum. The phenoms from Norway. Uh, number two, the only guys who really seem to have their number a little bit is Russians Vyacheslav Krasilnikov and Oleg Stoyanovsky. Number three, Alisone from Brazil making a comeback. Him and Bruno looked pretty brutal after Rio, but now him and Alvaro Filo are number three in the world in the Olympic ranks, followed by Evandro and Allison's partner Bruno Schmidt. Uh, German wonder kids, uh, Julius Talley and Clemens Vickler are number five. Uh, for the American side, however, Triborn and Trevor Crab are still leading the U.S. They are number 11 uh, in the world, number one in the U.S. Uh, they have 5,960 points, and they are just above Taylor Crab and Jake Gibb at 5,700. Our third American men's team is Phil Dahlhauser and Nick Lucena. They have 5,360 points. Now, for our Pacific Coast Wealth Management update on the women's end, this is an American heavy ranking. So after Brazil's Rebecca Cavalcanti and Ana Patricia Silva, uh, who have 8,800 points uh, at number one in the world, we have Alex Kleinman and April Ross. 
Coming in at number five in the world rankings, Olympics-wise, are Kerry Walsh Jennings and Brooke Sweat. Uh, number seven, Kelly Clays and Sarah Sponsel. Number nine, Kelly Larson and Emily Stockman. And still in the race, to be totally honest, are Sarah Hughes and Summer Ross. They still have eight finishes, so if they get four more, they'll get the required 12. It is an uphill battle, but they are still in the race. So that is your update from Pacific Coast Wealth Management. That is your update from the sponsors. Try and I love all you listeners, love all you sponsors. And now we will get back to your regularly scheduled programming on Sandcast. Yeah. I don't even know for sure. That's just the mindset when I was in it and like, like I'm not even going to deny there's like depression there and like days, weeks, months at a time where I'm just like, I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Like this sucks. I, at being athletic, even if it's not sports, it's like just being active. That's all I knew in my life. Like if you knew my family, that's just all we do. Mm. My parents are like, my mom's PE teacher all day, and then she's like paddling all night and whatever, triathletes. And yeah. That's just like all I knew. But like in this situation, I was like, I had to rethink it all. I was like, all right, all I know is I want to come out of this better than I was before. So like I just kind of planned it out. Like what are the things I can get, be- assuming that I'm going to get better, and I had to stay really solid to that mindset. Like I'm going to get better. I'm going to be back where I was. What do I want to have learned and gained from this? Like, what do I want to have in my back pocket? What weapons do I want to have yeah. gained when I'm back in that position? So now I come back and I got the shotgun on my back. Right. I got a pistol over here. Yeah. <laughs> the same guy, but now I'm like, what up? Now you're loaded. Let's go. I'm loaded. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was kind of my mindset. Yeah. What are some of those things that you pulled that you've noticed? Let's try to like pin it down to this year. Because like we're kind mm-hmm. of recapping this year. So like. You know, maybe you found yourself in a situation where try of 2018 mm-hmm. were buckled, try of 2019 was like, you know, I got that mm-hmm. new shotgun on my back or whatever it may be. It's been tricky because, like, I came into a completely different situation. Like, yeah. at first I wanted to come back and, like, let's just say on the court. And this applies to on the court, off the court. But on the court I wanted to come in and hit my same sets, hit my shot. I always beat that sharp angle. Everyone right. knows that. I can tell everyone that. Everyone in the world tour studies and, like, Try's going to hit sharp. He's going to go sharper and sharper and sharper until yeah. you take it away. Um, and I wanted to do that, but for whatever reason, Hayden's an up-and-down bump setter. Trevor's a hand setter. He's a good hand setter, but it wasn't on my shoulder the same way. Right. It didn't feel the same the whole season. So I had to be like, okay, do I want to try to be the same player that I used to be, or do I want to adapt and like use all the knowledge that I've been trying to save up or like get, you know? So I really had to like come into it and just be like, trust in my new self. Like, dude, you went and you created a new person. You were forced to. Let's use that guy. Let's not like be stuck on like that 2016 guy because he was successful. Yeah. You know, and at that time in 2016, I, I felt like like I mean I wrote it down in journal. I probably posted about it too. Like, this is my time. Like that now I'm gonna be the guy for the U.S. Yeah. I didn't think these old guys would stick around so long. I was like, <laughs> no kidding. I got through this quad with these old guys. This is my time. Um, but I had to come in with like this new mindset. Um, and what I've noticed is that I'm still like in a transition. First of all, I didn't get like the full offset because we had to figure out how my body would react to travel. That was the biggest thing. So like Jose is all scared. Like he's like, try it, do five reps. 
Trevor, you do all 10. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I, let me do 10. Like, no, 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 no. I'm scared. That's why I love Jose, because he just genuinely cares and, like, loves oh, you guys. Oh, totally. And I, I appreciate that so much, because as an athlete, if my coach is pushing me super hard and I'm the one, no, 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 let me do eight. Like, that's a mind, you know what? Because as an athlete, you want to be the one pushing, pushing, yeah. pushing, pushing. Like, because in the games, like, you never want to be, like, holding yourself back. Yeah. So to have your coach be like, try, no. Like, remember what ha- your body went through, like, all that right. stuff. Um, but because of that, and I appreciate that with Jose, and I was able to really, like, get back into my competitive mindset. But because of that, I don't feel like I really got back to my physical, like, peak, like, where I was before. Um, so that was kind of, like, a different thing I had to deal with. Before, it was, like, my trainer pushed me really hard. I worked out with John Hyden. I felt like I was one of the best player, in-shape players on tour. It just wasn't even in my head. Yeah. But now I have this kind of lingering. I'm playing... Uh, I felt like I was one of the best blockers, at least technically, in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, for sure, best blocker under 6'5". In my opinion, obviously, we can all argue that. Yeah. Um, and now I'm coming back and I'm getting half the reps because now I'm trying to learn defense yeah. and prove something that I've always believed, which is like, I think I'm great at defense. I played libero in college. I grew up in Hawaii. We're very, we take a lot of pride in our passing and defense. And like right. when you play indoors, you, coaches didn't teach us how to block, how to hit. That was just like, yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. It was all about passing and defense um so I so I had to kind of prove that to myself and I guess the rest of the world too and I was just kind of I feel like I've been scattered and we 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 haven't been like running really intricate plays me and Trevor we're just trying to figure out what the hell we're doing Uh, I learned that my blocking is going to be a lot harder when I'm not in time with my defender like I kind of took that for granted with Hayden Mm because he's the one of the most precise defenders in terms of movement and location so like I was getting a lot of blocks. I felt like an amazing blocker, but I also had a guy behind me who was baiting people to hit. Yeah. And I was baiting them. But, like, if Trevor leaves early or if he tends to go earlier or tends to go later, then I'm making my moves at the net, then the defender's going to see him. Like, if the defender sees him, then the block's no longer in the play. Right. So I'm getting less blocks. Stuff like that, you know? There's just all this new stuff we're having to learn so I'm really having to like take a step back. Okay, you don't feel like you're blocking the way you used to. Yeah, it's okay because we're winning match. We're finding ways to win, yeah. and it's all completely different. But I just had to sit back and trust. Be like, trust this team you put together. You put a lot of thought into hiring Jose, partnering with Trevor, keep staying with my personal trainer. Uh, you know, using USA Volleyball. Trust this team. It doesn't have to be perfect. Um, and uh, that's kind of been the most difficult part. But now I, and then I broke my hand. Like, freaking <laughs> I felt like I was like, because travel was getting a little less crazy yeah. towards the end and the tournaments were getting bigger, like the five stars and stuff. So I was like, okay, it's go, you know, me and Trev knew it was go time. We got our lead and then we um, were going into the five stars. Like, all right, these are the ones that are going to decide it. And then I break my hand. I mean, we didn't do well in Stad. Before I broke my hand. Yeah. But then, you know, Vienna and Rome were kind of out, out the door. So, like, I had to kind of take a few steps back. And I feel like I never really got to where I was capable of getting. But then I have to look at it again and look back, like, 
you you had a great year this year. Like you yeah. didn't feel like you played the way that you used to, but you played with what you were given and like what your teammate brings and what your coach brings. And we just kind of worked together really well. And I feel like I pretty much got the same results. I mean, me and Hayden got fifth at World Champs. Me and Trevor got fourth. Yeah. I mean, in some ways you could say I'm playing better volleyball than I ever have. Um, you know, I am applying a lot of that like mindset stuff. I, I, I can snap in, I can bring myself back into focus better nowadays. Um, I'm very like secure yeah. nowadays with like, I can, I'll sit in front of a crowd of 10,000 and do a meditation if I need to. Yeah. Whereas before it's like, that's no, 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 I'm like hiding, you know, um, just stuff like that. And, and obviously speaking to the media and, and addressing fans or, or reporters or whatever, like yeah. I feel way more comfortable and I feel like I can be more honest with the fans. And I think that if every player can do that, that, that will bring a lot more value to our sport. And at the end of the day, that's, that's pretty much the goal. Like while I, I'm playing, I want it to be like, Italy. I don't want it to be like, oh man, what if we played back in the Karai era? Yeah. Or what if we played back when like, uh, you know, Loyola was making half a million dollars or whatever. Yeah. I want to be like in that and I want to be a top player during that time. And uh, a part of the whole Olympic journey and all that great stuff, hopefully get a medal. Like it excites me just to know that it's possible. And also to know that I don't even feel like like I was saying, I don't even feel like I've been playing well. Like, there's so many things that I'm, like, with mm -hmm. Jose every day, like, dude, I sucked at this this year. Imagine <laughs> yeah. if I add that back in. Yeah. Jose, you haven't even seen me block well yet. I swear, like, I'm so much better than He's like, I remember, dude. I was yeah. coaching against you. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, just be patient, bro. I'm like, my passing, I could do this better. I could yeah. do that better. Me and Trevor don't even run plays. We're just winging it. Yeah. We're just playing because we're, we're instinctual. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, we run stuff, and then at the end, we're like, all right, screw it. Like, let's just ball. Like, a lot of the times in the big situations, like, when we're talking and the crowd's going crazy at World Champs, that's the biggest event, you know, most of the dialogue between us is like, bro, let's, you remember the baby court? Let's go. Yeah. Like, screw this. <laughs> I love like, that. these guys got nothing on us. You yeah. know, it wasn't like... We're doing crazy strategy and stuff, yeah. which which I really want to learn more and be like a little better at, you know, a little more of a professor, a little Raji, right. Todd Raji-esque. But um, yeah, it's exciting, dude. There's, it's just really exciting. Um, and I think the biggest thing was like trusting. Just trust that all the work you put in, let it apply itself. Don't try to control it. Like, no, I have to be good at this because I used to be good at that. And I'm going to hang on to everything I had in 2016. No, just like put in the work, put yourself in good situations to learn and then trust like what person comes out of that, what player comes out of that. Yeah. And, um, I think I've done that. Well, I, like I said, like nothing felt perfect, but I think I've done that well. And I think that that's going to help me moving forward. And right now I think the most important thing in order to accomplish that is to stay healthy. Yeah. So, that's my goal. Stay we, healthy, we and then I want to see. I want to see what happens. Yeah, Sandcast yeah. crew, dude. Let's make a pack. We need to stay healthy. Send us good vibes, people. We need to still have fun, which is a whole another conversation. Like I haven't surfed in like a year, 
and it's like killing me. I went surfing for the first time in Hawaii. Dude. Four straight days. How's your nipple rash? <laughs> Dude, that took a while. Oh my god. I mean, gosh. you told me you went out on a soft top. <laughs> like regular surfboards are like uh, fiberglass. And if you're a beginner, I mean, other people use soft tops, but yeah. I know those Waikiki <laughs> soft tops. Oh, yeah. They rub you raw. I was like, oh my God, I can't wear a shirt. A hot shower after. Oh. It was funny. That's like, you know, I think when you look at the year holistically, like taking mm-hmm. everything in, like you mentioned that you felt like you left so much on the table. Yeah. And yet when you're able to like step back and be like, this was my best year. Like you and Trev had a better finish than you and Hayden. And like, I think it's super valuable to look at that because there are so many people who have recency bias. Um, right. Or, you know, if say someone got like... Kyle was super bummed. It's kind of like the beginner's mind thing, right? Yeah. Like that, it's like that mindset. I think, yeah, like you're, you're just holding on to, yeah. to something else and you're not trusting. Yeah, because it's, it's just like, you know, so Kyle got knocked out first round mm-hmm. in the Hawaii qualifier to uh, John Schwengel and Steve Irvin, probably a team that he would beat seven times right. out of ten. <clears throat> but on that day, like John and Steve balled out. Like Steve just goes in these serving runs. Yeah. So Kyle was like super bummed about it. We were talking in Bon Air, and I was like, Kyle, like, this was, like, by far the best year, like, you've had. Mm-hmm. You switched to a new position. Like, take a look at it, like, from Huntington, when you almost upset Jake and Tay in the first round, to, like, where you are now. Like, you were automatic into a small draw. You made almost every main draw except for yeah. two, I think. Like, you had a great year. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really valuable to be able to step back and look at it. And even stuff off the court, like, like what a good year this was for you off the court. Like, you yeah. just had a kid, and, like, you and Gabby were doing great. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, that's what, like, the surfing in Hawaii brought that up. Like, you, we get to do so many cool things that make this yep. like, season awesome. Mm-hmm. And, like, surfing in Hawaii was great. But, totally. like, even on the court, like, you had career finishes, and I had, like, I think my AVP finishes were, like, the exact same. If I look at my AVPs, I, I made, like... Yeah. Six, like, 17 of 18, if you look at, like, the BBB, whatever. Me and Hyden made 17 of 18 semifinals in AVPs. And I got two sevenths this year. Yeah. Right? I think I did, yeah. I never got a seventh. I got one seventh with Hyden, and we were, like, distraught. And I got two this year. Yeah. And I got one last year and a fifth last year when I was just coming back. Yeah. Like that. I could easily look at that and just be like, this is so depressing. I'm three years past where I was yeah. back then, and I'm way behind. But it's not really true. You know, it just depends on how you want to look at yeah. it. Yeah, because, like, results are, I mean, yeah, I'll look at Manhattan. Um, you know, me and Rafi, we went 0-2. We were automatically in, which is freaking awesome. And then we played Chase and Avery, and we played some of our best volleyball. And we lost, like, 16-14 yeah, in the third or something. And then we played um, Kalinske and Baranek. And um, we lost, 15, I don't know, 15-12. And we won, like, what I call the popular vote. In both. And we scored more points than Chase and Avery. And we scored more points than uh, Billy and Eric. And that was their best tournament and, of their lives. Yeah, and, and, like, they got, like, a seventh and a, a third. Mm-hmm. And Rafi was like, dude, like... Like we 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 must play bad. Like we lost. It's like Rafi. We played ten times better than we did in the tournament that we won to win that. And we just lost. And like that happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it. It's like a hard thing to wrestle with. Like I played so good and it wasn't enough. And that totally. kind of sucks. But like you you can't control results. It's like if I play like that in eight AVPs, I'm going. It's the results will come. Mm-hmm. Like not every time. Like 
are you like are weird things gonna happen like happen with like Chase Avery and Billionaire like totally weird shit went down <laughs> yeah dude it's it's for anyone this applies like and I think about it too like I'm not gonna be able to play volleyball my whole life yeah so like this off the court stuff is important and that self reflection part of it where like you really think a little deeper before you let yourself go to that place that negative place like sit back and be like, oh, wait, I mean, there was this positive thing, this positive thing, that thing. And that year that I'm comparing it to that I think is better, this happened, that happened, this happened. And you're like, wow. Like, yeah. it's just different. It's not that it's better or worse. Yeah. Or like, you know, you're not, you're supposed to be growing as a person, but like in sports, it's like, you're not always going to grow. Like your record might not be better the next season, but you could be a better player, mm. you know? And I think that's super important to like for anyone in anything. Like I'm gonna need to understand this and apply this to something other than being an athlete after volleyball. Yeah. You know? So like I think why not start now? And exactly. start like just being honest with myself and and you have to take chances too. Like Yeah. I think that's a, a huge part of really being successful in anything, but especially mm-hmm. in this sport. Like you do have to take risks and it doesn't mean like one of my least favorite pieces of advice that people get in this sport is you know put down eight grand on the credit card and just go it's like don't like cripple yourself yeah but like if you have an opportunity to go and you have the means to go and maybe it'll be a little bit tight and you get kind of get that like kind of tight feeling in your in your chest and you're like i don't know like that probably means now you're that, like, living you can do it like that's probably something you should go after mm-hmm. a little bit like if it scares you to a reasonable degree where it's just like I want to do this but it it sounds like kind of risky like you should absolutely do that thing like if your answer to yourself is I'm going to do this because it scares me I think that's a great reason to do it yeah you know not like I'm going to do this because or this would be stupid to do I'm going to do it anyway yeah if you you think it's stupid you're not don't do it yeah but like it's like I want it so bad like I can't sleep because I want to go to this tournament but I can't afford it Okay, but the fact that you can't sleep and you want it that bad, like, how valuable is that? Find a way Just to, to experience it. it. Yeah. Like, yeah. if you want it bad enough, like, you will figure it out. Yep. And that's, like, part of the reason, one of the big motivators for me to go to China, like, I really have no desire to go to Qingzhou, China. Like, nothing been there. bad. But been there, done that. I do, like, I've written about guys playing on the FIVB, like, taking that ticket to go play in a country quota into a qualifier, into a main draw where they have to win three matches just to make up for the plane ticket. And Not to like, mention the hour, two-hour bus ride after you get right, there. Right, exactly. So, like, I like, the flight I had to China, it's, I think it's, like, 20 hours travel plus a nine-hour difference. So it's I'm, and, I'm, and I'm on a red eye, so I'm technically moving up two days. <laughs> and so, like, that is something that, like, if I do want to, like, write about it and take myself seriously, like, that's something that you have to do. Yeah. Like, you're going to have to take that jump eventually. And, like, right now is the perfect time for me to do it because I'm sneaking into a three-star. Right. And I wouldn't be able to do it during season. Like, I tried. Didn't make any of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I look at it. I'm like, well, I'm not going to get this opportunity for a while. I'm like, if I'm going to sit here and tell people, like, you got to take shots and stuff, like, I need to do it. Yeah. So, and that's one of the things that I wanted to do. Like, it's a respect thing, too, where, like, I do think, like, I respect guys who go out there and play a country quota in Vienna, mm-hmm. which is, like, not a cheap place to fly into. And then, like, you can lose in 20 minutes and come on back. Totally. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Dude, totally. She just, it is what you make it, really. Yeah. You gotta, at the end of the day, you get, to, I say it all the time, like, a lot of people come in with tunnel vision of what their career's supposed to look like. 
like just go and try to win as many matches as possible and then depend depending on how many wins you get like that's where you end like yeah. that's your value which is just not true it's like it's your life it's just it's you're just doing it through volleyball so right. like create it and like create your own path and like obstacles are going to come and it's like oh cool that's like a unique detour to my path yeah you know i think that's important yeah and one of the things that i i love that um Baranek said mm-hmm. when we had him on is that everyone has their time so you know you look at a guy like casey patterson his time took a long time Dude, totally. Like he was in and out of qualifiers and losing and losing and like he was blocking and then he was defending and like he had a pretty slow start. Yeah, for a while there, I'm sitting one. behind him. Yeah. Like my whole beginning of my career, I'm kind of sitting behind him, like thinking this guy's got it all. He's like, damn it, he's like winning everything with Jake and he's just killing it and damn it, I've been behind him this whole time. You yeah. Know? Whereas like he's went through this ten years before. It took a long time. Where to he's get that trying peak. to he's trying to get up to like where I was even battling him, you know? Like, yeah. he, might, he wasn't even at where I was yeah. for so long, but, like, it just, it's all about perspective. Exactly. And then, so, you look at a guy like Casey, who I think his timeline is, like, a normal thing to look at, but people don't want that, like, 10-year grind of, like, oh, I didn't qualify, oh, mm-hmm. I made a main draw, then I lost first round qualifier, and then, like, yeah. a, you know, five or six years later, you're finally yeah. automatic to all of them. Yeah. Like, people want sort of, like, the Troy field, like, you know, two years ago, he made his first main draw right. in Manhattan. Yeah. And then, like, you know, he's kind of like this guy who could jump super high. And then and now he's making finals. Yeah. He made, like, four straight Sundays to start the year. And, like, people just want that. It's like, well, that isn't going to happen. Like, you, everyone looks at the outliers and, like, that's what I want it to be. Right. Like, you need to understand. And I, was, I talked to Ben Vaught about this stuff a lot because he was, like, super bummed at how the year was going because he was, like, he didn't make main draw, I think. And four straight after Huntington. I think he like, overthinks a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, dude, like, what's, what's Such going a good on? dude because he's like, so genuine, yeah. like, cares so much. But yeah. that, that's, like, what I'm talking about when you're young and, like, you kind of have that tunnel vision. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, if I'm not winning, I'm not successful. I'm not exactly. doing it right. And that's, a, that's, like, verbatim what Ben was mm-hmm. saying. And I was like, Ben, all right, are you a better player this year than you were last year? He's like, yes. All right. like, Is your ceiling higher than it was last year? Yes. I was like, so what's the problem? He's like, well, like, why am I not winning then? I was like, because it just doesn't happen. I was like, (laughs) like, I think one of the hardest things for people, especially beach fans, to recognize is like how much like the qualifier players like you look at it and they're like, oh, he had a terrible year. Well, he played in five AVPs. Like, if you judge your year on five tournaments, that's not a lot of like data to go on. So that's why like I think I've played in thirty five tournaments this year. Mm-hmm. And it's like when I look at the AVPs, I'm like, well, I qualified in two, which was the same, but coming into this year, I had only ever won like three in California, and this year I won twelve. So I look at that and I'm like, I had a great year. Like the bigger tournaments, like I did okay. You know, I did the same as last year. But like, if you only judge yourself in the AVPs, like you're kind of screwed. That'd be like you only judging your year on like the majors. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible. Totally. Like, you need to look at it. Or the AVPs. Lines. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. That's why I like, you know, a pretty common piece of advice on this show is like to play as much as you can. So I think like take that to a certain degree, like play as much as you can without getting burned out and injured. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause then you have so much more to look at your year at you. So many more opportunities to be successful. And to the, but play like to the extent that you enjoy it. Exactly. And like, so like, for example, for me, I think I go about my days a lot differently than a lot of other players. Let's let's just say Troy, since we're talking about him. Yeah. 
there's something about Troy that like he wants to be a part of like the community and like go on all the fun trips and interact with fans yeah. and like he's just like giddy about volleyball. Yeah. That guy's horny for volleyball. <laughs> and I'm I'm kind of like, you know, I've played this since like I've been on the youth national team since I was like what, 17 or something and I've traveled the world and I've been a part of teams and and I've been on this, you know, been in this sport for a while now and like what gets me going is different than what gets him going. Like I love the professionalism part of mm. it. I don't mean professionalism, but like I love getting in with my trainer and we yeah. just like are talking just like getting after it. deep and he's pushing me like really hard and I feel like I'm getting better and I'm learning things. I'm listening to podcasts on the way to the gym. Mm-hmm. I go down to the beach a little early to do my meditation and like try to get the most out of practice. Like when I feel like I'm like when I listen to Kobe Bryant talk and like all these pro athletes, I'm like, yeah, I like that. I want that. When I see like what Misty May, Carrie Walsh, Jennings and uh, whatever, Karch, Loyola, like all these greats have done. I'm like April. Like when I look at what April has done, like she's going to the ESPYs on the red carpet. Yeah. And like well-spoken. She speaks to groups of kids and like, I'm like, I like that stuff. I want to. I want to do that. I want to go be an Olympian. Like, if I can say I'm... And I know the day that I become an Olympian, which I think is going to happen, I'm going to move on. I'm going to be like, all right, well, now I'm an Olympian. There's no point in, right. you know, worrying about this. Now I need to get a medal. Yeah. But you can't really worry about that medal until you get there. Right. Um, but, like, that's that's the stuff that I enjoy. And mm-hmm. I think if every player tried to go about it, like, say, Madison and Riley, McKibbins, they're doing it in their own way. Like, Madison, yeah. I've known him for years and years and years and he, I played in college with both of them he doesn't enjoy the same that same like he doesn't get like super up for like yes I'm gonna go get better and w- lift weights yeah. today like he loves the same thing like camaraderie he loves the art of making a good piece media piece that like touches people you mm-hmm. know like he's a little deeper on that level and like he works hard he knows how he grew up in a very athletic family but it's just different. Like, the motivations are different. And I think it's important, like, when I was out, I did a lot of self-reflection. So I was able to really be like, yeah, like, that's me. Like, and it helps me kind of cut these other things out. Like, I don't feel as bad nowadays. And it did bother me for a long time, like, missing out on, oh, everyone's out tonight. Yeah. And I'm not there. Which is, like, now I have a kid. Like, yeah. I've completely stopped getting the calls from everyone, even my closest friends. <laughs> yeah. They're, like, down the street all hanging out. They're like, oh, we hung out at Riley's the other night, and yeah. everyone was there. I was like, oh, weird, I didn't get a call. <laughs> and I'm like, I get it, though. I'm like, they're probably just thinking I'm at home with my kid, and, yeah. like, I, and I am busy all the time. Like, they see my schedule. But you have to – but I've gotten better at, like, okay, I guess that – maybe that's not me, you know? I just focus on being me, the most genuine version of myself. And then, like – so, like, I have a lot of social stuff in my house. Like, there's a lot of barbecues here and bonfires and, like – Fire pit. You know, yeah. it's just become me, and I've allowed that to happen by, like, kind of just letting other things fall away yeah. and just doing a lot of self-reflection on figuring out what what my vibe is. Yeah. I think that's super important is, like you said, to find whatever it is that makes you happy in the sport. Because it, you know, I think Delaney mentioned this uh, when we had her on, is that, like, if you're in this for the money, then, like, you're going to be out of it pretty fast. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, unless you are at the top, which no one just jumps there. But I'm, I'm even listening to podcasts, like, yesterday, today, where those guys who are making millions and millions say the exact same thing. Yeah, they're not in it. Like, and they like, have it even harder because 
they're so brainwashed by the money. Mm -hmm. Like they think that this is the real life and then like it's over and they're just like, there was a statistic like 87% of these football players lose their money or something yeah. or like are depressed or like something yeah. crazy uh, like that. Broke. Yeah. Dude. Like, you just, you never get enough money. Like when we started this podcast, we were like, Oh, like we might make like, you know, 20 bucks or something. Yeah, and now like, we're making like a million an episode. Yeah, at least. And like, we're still <laughs> humble as ever. Yeah. <laughs> we're actually on a yacht right now. <laughs> yeah. The video's not up, so they don't even know. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, like you mentioned, like find whatever makes you happy. So like maybe you're in this for like, the part like I know a lot of the qualifier guys like they couldn't give like two shits if they don't qualify they're mm-hmm. like yeah I get to like you know go like after I'm knocked out I get to go watch Rosie play and then see him at the players party and like they love that right yeah and uh, like Ed Keller is one of my favorite examples oh, of this he's so classic. he's like 16th street guy like knows everyone he's oh we just, need to get him on by the way. yeah we do super volley enthusiast yeah. for those of you who haven't met him or seen him there but that's he, his label it's yeah. volley enthusiast yeah. <laughs> Like, he knows everything about volleyball and just, like, travels around, and, and, like, he loves it. I saw him this morning, and, like, he's... We talked about how many countries he's been to and how many miles he's traveled this year, and it's just, like, through the roof. Dude, he, he, was, he comes to, like, the worst events, too. Like, you'll see him, he'll, like, he'll pop up, and you're, like, in China. Like, Why'd you come it's to this, dude? We were talking about Shaman Airlines today. Right, yeah. <laughs> he, like, knows about it. Yeah. Like, what are you talking oh, about? Oh, he knows more about the tour than I do. <laughs> And when we're at events, he's like, he'll like pop up, be like, try, what's up, dude? Yeah. Like, did you see who played, did you see that match earlier? Who played who? And then at this time and this, like the women's matches, men's matches, everyone. I'm like, oh, dude, I bail. I'm not watching any of this yeah. tournament. I'm like trying to like play, rest, play, rest. Yeah. And he's just like giving me all the updates and yeah. just scouting like, reports. Yeah. Like you were awesome. just like find whatever like makes you stoked about the sport. Mm-hmm. Like you love the professionalism, like Troy loves the engagement with the crowd. Right. And Maddie and Riley like love making their huge media pieces and like one of my favorite parts of it is like the relationships that you build. Like like the really like good, deep, authentic relationships. And that's why like I love international travels, because yeah. I think that like when you travel with a group of people like you're gonna get deep with them like when you're stuck on a plane for 16 hours like you know I shared headphones with Emily Hartong for like yeah (laughs) I agree there's for sure like I don't think I would like we we all kind of know Phil's a little hard to like have a conversation not not that he doesn't have good conversations but he's just like a lot of people over the years have wanted to get at him so he's a little like in his own shell a little but if I didn't so if like I didn't have these great conversations with him like overseas when we're sitting next to each other on a plane like I wouldn't have gotten to know the guy really well right you know and I especially when I was younger like I was stoked yeah oh yeah cruising with Phil Dahlhauser sick or Nick Luceno whatever Mm -hmm. um but yeah totally like that's that's where the juice is at yeah and I think for me because like one of my favorite parts is also like telling people stories and like you can only like you know, you can only really get the real story if you do like get close to them and they will like kind of let down, you know, their guard and like kind of open up. So like Tori Van Winden's like Katie Spieler's cousin, and so Katie's like one of my best friends now. And so Tori like was able was able she was like pretty open with me because like she listens to all of her podcasts. Um, and she she was talking about that. She's like, yeah, I love the show. Like I would love it like if you told this story about like all my concussions. Mm-hmm. Like I like love that stuff, and that's why I love the sport is because like there hasn't really been someone to tell like the stories of the players. Like there will always be, be people who can like be like, Oh, Triborn and Trevor Crabb beat Travis and miles 2018, 2010. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard to do. They're not going to know that Katie Spieler 
gives everyone honey straight from exactly. her honey farm, which I've been eating every morning. <laughs> and every time she brings a new bottle, it has a little bow tie of Spieler Spiel honey. <laughs> and it's a different, I, I wasn't thinking it'd be like different flavor, but she's like, oh, this one's a little sweeter, like lighter. It's because you talk to Katie it's a whole different stuff. like uh, beehive or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So you get a different flavor. So every few months I, I get new honey stuff. from Katie Spieler. <laughs> You got talked about like she's like learning how to brew her own kombucha now, and so that's the only topic. Kombucha. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love it. Yeah. So, like this, like what have been some of the biggest things you've learned on the court this year and off the court? Um, I think I mean off the court, a lot of it's been like. Uh, letting go of like stuff I was talking about earlier you know letting go of miss fear of miss, FOMO stuff yeah cause that's like like I don't like missing out on stuff yeah and uh but like I have to accept that I ha- created a new life that's like so good and great I don't want to spend time being anxious like I'm wasting that time yeah and like the, my dad says that a lot he is anxious a lot (laughs) but like he's like why did I wake up and like think about this negative thing or like this thing I missed out on this morning for like an hour when it was a perfectly good day like I'm just wasting you know so just like not wasting time with with stuff like that yeah Um, because you're always going to miss out on stuff yeah guaranteed like the boys are in Qatar right now like Riley's one of my best friends yeah and they're probably partying. Casey's out there because he knows how to give a good time. Cook. Taylor's out there. He's my competition. I'm like, yeah. I'm like over here resting, <laughs> like trying not to You're get injured. And he's playing in a fourth tournament in Qatar where like I'm like at the end of the season, like I'm not traveling anymore. Yeah. And he's just like having fun over there. with. I'm like, damn it. Should I be doing this stuff? <laughs> he's still winning tournaments and he's partying. And like, yeah. gosh, maybe I should party and you know, you can't get sucked into that. <laughs> yeah. It's like Taylor Crabb is one of a kind. Yeah. All those guys, Casey, he's got four kids, but he's still, you know, he makes it. time to go enjoy those things about volleyball. And I, I hope to enjoy those one day too. But for now, I'm like, I love what I love. So yeah. I'm going to do that. Um, on the court, what did I learn? Whew. Um, I learned or I proved to myself that I can be good at defense. It's been ugly at times, for <laughs> sure. But, like, I feel like until you do it, you can't say that you're good at defense. Like, I remember saying a few times, uh, like, around the top guys, like, over the years ago when I was playing hide and he rolls his eyes every time. All the guys just like, yeah, okay, yeah, we've seen you in the back. I'm like, yeah, but I'm not getting reps. Like, I promise, I can do this. But you, you can't do it until you do it, yeah. right? And now I've kind of proven that to myself and others that, I'm not going to say I was great at it. Like, I feel like I have a lot more to learn and get better, but but I can do it. Yeah. Um, and I think I've proven to myself that all the work I put in was worth it. Like, I gained stuff out of the, that two years that I lost. Yeah. And the biggest thing I learned is that that wasn't just a certain time in my life. Like, oh, that was the time in my life that I learned and I gained something from it. And now I'm just going to have that stuff that I gained the rest of my life. Like, no, like, that's yeah. a continuous thing. I just got to be that person always. And, like, I need to learn from this year 
and then throw next year on top of that and throw next year and just see what, you know, person I develop into. Yeah. Um, because I think I'm trying to find the key to being better at volleyball. And I think that's kind of the thing I've been noticing is like, just learn one little thing at a time. One, cause I'm like, I come back, I'm like, I want to be Raji. By the end of offseason, I want to be Todd Rogers in, in terms of, like, learning and understanding the game and strategy and all that. And then I really think about it. I'm like, dude, if you could... You've played so much volleyball in your life. There's not even that much to... There's, there is, but there isn't even that much to gain. Like, if you can learn one little thing, like, be a little bit better at volleyball, that's a big thing yeah. at, on the stage that I'm playing at, you know? So... I think, yeah, just just get a little better. Yeah. Just try to get a little bit better. And, that, and you'll be... better every day? I think that's what I've learned is that growth is the thing that makes you happy. Like, I just need to grow. When I was out, it was like, I feel like crap because I'm not going anywhere. And then I would, like, write something or, like, do something productive. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that feels good. Yeah. And I could like not be anxious. And then I'd be like sitting around like, I'm not getting anything done. And then I'd like (laughs) go to a class or like I'd learn something or I'd get an opportunity to do something. I'd be like, ah, that feels good. Yeah. Whether I made money or not, Mm -hmm. I just wanted to grow as a person. And, um, so I think that's like the goal from now on is like, just, just keep growing. It doesn't matter how fast, just move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. It's a lot. Yeah, but that's good. Yeah. And that means you learned a lot. Totally. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's what we're here for. My dad's saying is uh, the older you get, the more you realize you don't know. Yeah. It's probably not my dad's saying, but he says that all the time. Yeah. I heard uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson said that um, as the area of our knowledge grows, so too does the like the perimeter of our ignorance. Mm-hmm. So like as we learn more, we're like, oh my gosh, I no idea about anything (laughs) like that's literally true (laughs) yeah Yeah. and like the things to learn are evolving right so like if you knew something well now it's a year later yeah so everything has changed yeah that's why I used to uh, one of the things I did when I was like freelancing full time um, I I still do kind of freelance full time but I was teaching uh, or helping high school kids with their college application essays and um they, they're, like, being discouraged from, like, learning computer science now mm-hmm. because you can learn computer science, and then a year later, like, it's irrelevant because uh, what you just learned is, like, ancient. So you got to learn. <laughs> so well, you, you got to learn. learn the science, <laughs> the growth of computer technology, right? Yeah. And then, like, be a part of it. Yeah. So that's why, like, a lot of people are learning more. Um, Coding uh, like and stuff. Writing and, yeah, just a lot more sort of loose arts that, you know, like writing is timeless. Like you'll always have to be able to write and communicate. So people are that like communication right. is still the most critical tool you have. Mm-hmm. So people are starting to move into that area. Right. Yeah. Totally. Cause that's what I'm getting into. There you go. I should have majored in that instead of <laughs> real estate, instead well, of whatever I majored in. You're getting, uh, well now it's Sandcast year two. So you're, this is podcast, uh, 210. Dude, this right is like here. a calm minor, minor, right? This is way better. I did. I actually took sports communication in college. Yeah, and I think you probably learned a lot more from doing this podcast for two years and way more. Way more <laughs> classes are overrated. Yeah, I got to go to a Dodger game. That's <laughs> literally all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're probably coming up ish on time. 
Yeah, they might be. Well, my baby's probably gonna start crying. The, the pod baby. The pod baby. Yeah. yeah, Zuri. I got a baby that's four weeks old right now. By this time next year, she might be able to like have a few words for us on the podcast. Year three. Oh yeah. That'd what be are her fun. first words gonna be? Thank <laughs> you. <Same guess. laughs> <Same guess. laughs> So before we close, I wanted to say another thanks to the listeners for either subscribing or downloading. So welcome back or welcome to the show. Yeah. Um, we're going to keep growing in year three. Hopefully uh, roll out some more stuff. We have some exciting off-season plans uh, with a little bit of downtime. There's a lot of ideas going here, people. Yeah. Like we said before, they, they got to stick. Yeah. But the ideas are going to keep coming and, and something will come out of it. So stay excited. Yeah. Stay patient, so but stay excited. We'll keep bringing the audio product we're gonna see what other kinds of things that we can uh unroll like kind of roll out for you guys um if you haven't uh subscribed to the show we would love it if you do and share it with a friend and don't forget about the giveaway um so let us know what your favorite part about beach volleyball is tag two friends and uh you might be aware of the new sandcast volleyball all right shoots shoots guys peace